0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It is your favorite podcaster, Mark Atreira with Making the Cut. Welcome back again this week. I know it's been a while since I've uh, been able to bless you with an episode, but you know, we had a little bit of a, 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 little bit of a storm here, so we had to uh, kind of make sure everything was good, get some service and all that good stuff. Uh, you know, as always, if you want to listen to me and follow me, you can go to my Facebook and my links are going to be there. You always can go to anchor.fm or the Anchor app follow me there also on spotify which is one of the best places to go to you can follow me there and it's gonna let you know when my next episode is up my next podcast is up i saw a bunch of people listen yesterday during uh college football week one right uh so we not week zero week one so thank you all don't forget to share my podcast on uh on facebook and if you know anybody else that's sports fans man let them know this is the best one to go to especially the sec country uh football country. This is what we do. So I've been telling you that I have a surprise. Somebody I'm going to be working with. Somebody <laughs> that uh, I'm excited to be working with. And he's joining me today. Good friend of mine, Deke Bellavia.
1: What do you say, Mark? What's happening, my man? What's going on, man? Well, people saying, oh, Lord, look what the wind blew in, huh? Hey, man. Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute, Mark. But I tell you, it's uh like you said earlier, you know, uh, prayers go out to all the people from the ida and the storm and A lot of people are probably uh, listening to your cast, and uh, hopefully they got power. But, yeah, it hit us pretty hard, you know, so maybe people get a little solace, get a little breakaway from all this uh, rebuilding and recovery. Just maybe listen to some sports.
0: That's right, man. You know, and and the real kickoff of college football really starts it out because, you know, pro football is going to be this weekend starting Mm -hmm. today as well. Uh, So, it's going to be fun. How about we do some recapping of some college football? Oh, yeah, I
1: tell you. You know, we we are, uh, like you said, you go to week zero uh, week one and then week two and now we're we've going into week three and man there's been so many storylines already you know I mean there's just a ton of stuff to get into so yeah let's get into it let's jump
0: off into it well but even before I do it because I almost forgot man you got a show coming up soon
1: yeah I'm, a, I'm getting into the world of podcasting Mark I'm gonna do uh, the Deke show on podcast and uh, learning a little bit from you thank the Lord because uh, I'm pretty tech savvy but I hadn't learned really the nuts and bolts of podcasting but I'm going to get into it. It seems to be the way to go. And, you know, either you got to go with the flow or get out the way. So we're going to try to go with the flow a little bit, Mark. Yeah, so I'll, I'll be letting people know when, it, when it's coming up. But it won't be long. The Deeks will be coming soon.
0: That's right, man. Well, you keep joining me for a little bit. And oh, you get absolutely. yours kicked off. We're going to keep going. Man, look, we had some almost upsets yesterday. And we had some upsets.
1: Yeah. Let me tell you. You go back to, like you said, week one. And you look at Georgia and Clemson, mm-hmm. the top ten matchup. Now, and you go to week two. With Clemson's loss, if things had fell right yesterday with all the losses that could have happened, you would have had six of the preseason top 10 teams going into week three already with a loss. Had Notre Dame not came back and beat Toledo, they were a 17-point favorite, they won 32-29. to 29. You also had A&M on the ropes at Colorado, they got a late score to win that game, 10-7. So you're talking about a lot. And then number nine lost. Mm-hmm. Iowa State lost again to Iowa, and Iowa has dominated them. I mean, that's just – I know down here in these parts and the South we don't get into that too much, but Kirk Ferentz is probably – I think he is the longest-tenured coach in the uh, Big is. Ten so far with all the coaches up there. But let me tell you, they dominate them every year, and they got them again this year. So those are the teams that, you know, lost already. But I think one of the big ones, though, caught everybody off guard – is uh, what Oregon did. And they went up to Ohio State and beat them. I, I was really, I, I was surprised at that. I really
0: was. You know, you and I were talking before this too. Is that uh, the, the preseason polls always set up these these teams that mm-hmm. they're going to be up there? And Ohio State's always going to be that one of those ones that's going to be up there. Absolutely. And and so those of us who watch college football a lot, we're like, man, we can see the holes that they have. It was still a surprise to me. It was still an upset to me because I watched Oregon last week mm-hmm. and I watched them struggle last week, and I yeah. didn't think. Because many people Were as high on Oregon As many many people Are high on Texas A&M Right now That's right That's right And I looked at them Last week And I'm like No man Ohio State Honestly is probably Going to take this game
1: I thought they were Going to blow them out Put it this way I don't say what People consider a blowout I thought they would cover the spread, and probably put about seven or eight points on top of that. You know, that's what I really thought they were going to do.
0: And, and the biggest part is their best player on the team, On Thibodeau, didn't even play. No, did not play. That was going to be huge. Uh, that was going to be the main reason in right. why they were going to lose if, if Ohio State ended up pulling off this game, but, man.
1: And, you know, it was it's, it's a shock because uh, if I go back and remember, uh, that exchange that they had with Oklahoma, I think that was the last team that beat Ohio State over there when, uh. Baker Mayfield went over there and put the flag in the ground, yeah. or did something like that up at Ohio State. The horseshoe—that was the last time they lost a home game. So it's been a few years since they lost a the home game, and uh, it sets the tone different, though. You know, what I mean, I still think they the cream the crop in the Big Ten, but that's a big loss uh, for, and it's a big win for the Pac-12, though. It is a big win for them.
0: Yeah, and I'm wondering now because you lose to Oregon, they're ranked high preseason polls. Uh, you, you remember that the time when uh, they won it with Cardale? Right. They lost early in the season to Virginia Tech. Does this give them a chance still to make the playoff if they just run through the Big Ten schedule? It's going to be interesting to
1: see because, you know, it was uh, like I was brought that that year when they, when they lost to Oklahoma, it was almost like that loss hurt them all year long. It yep. just hurt them all year long because people, like you said, the preseason rankings and going forth. But I think they got enough off at the end of their schedule to say whoever comes out on that other side, uh, let's say it's a, a you know a Big Ten championship game with a decent ranked Iowa team. Say they stay in the top ten or something like that. That's going to help them and their they're, they're brand alone. But uh, like many other teams, I just look at Ohio State and I just kind of wonder, you know, after th- two weeks of the season, who's really good and you know who's like you know can can be good because you can go to comparing scores and I know you're not supposed to do that. And you've got a big question mark about a lot of these
0: top 10 teams. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, you know, you, LSU got a lot of heat last week because of a good UCLA team. Yeah, a good UCLA team. They're, they're not the UCLA that they've been no. for the last five, six years. Mm-hmm. No, indeed. But then it's taking some of the heat off of, off of them because when you look at how A&M played, when you look at how Notre Dame played against these teams – that they should have been blowouts. Absolutely. Let's be honest.
1: Yeah, and like I said, you know, we, the farm part's back. Going back and look, I mean, I'm looking like okay, Florida State is almost getting one of those wins. It's Florida State back, you know, um, Labor Day night up against uh, that Sunday night before Labor Day yeah. in Tallahassee, and then they come back and then they lose to Jacksonville State the week after. Whether you call it a hangover or not. And then you go look at Notre Dame, go, well, how good is Notre Dame? Right? You know, or, or is Toledo that good? Or is State beat. that good? Toledo should have won the game. Yeah. Should have won the game. And, and the thing about the uh, I think it was, I don't say a shock, but maybe it was, is how Oregon dominated that game. I oh, mean, man. they they never were stopped. They dominated, and I that was what surprised me a lot. I kept, really can't wait for Ohio State to bam, 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 like they did against Minnesota. But they didn't. They didn't. They, they got some questions on offense.
0: Yeah, but look, look, we were talking too, of course, with the preseason polls. And going back to a and I, I said at the beginning of the season, I wasn't big on AM. I didn't understand where the big push for them. Because you you and I were talking about it. Mm-hmm. They're coming off with, they had like, what is it, a four-year starter quarterback. You're replacing that. They have a good offensive line. They A really good offensive line. Statistically, they had going into the season, the best defense in the SEC, which yep. is huge. That's big for them. You have a stable running backs that are almost unstoppable, but, man, look at it. look at the way they're playing. Their offense looks as putrid as LSU did when the, the late years of Les Miles.
1: Oh, yeah, and, you know, it's, it's interesting because A&M, how it's transformed in a, from a coaching change, they go from basically having, you know, third and Chavis as their defensive coordinator over there to where now, I mean, who ever would have thought A&M would have been that good on defense that quick? But they are, they are and that, that's why they beat Colorado. They're lucky to beat Colorado, and it was because of their defensive performance. I think Colorado was three of something on third downs in that game. So that was a, that was, that was a big defensive effort for A&M. But to your point about hyping them up, to me it's always like, okay, we can point our finger, who is the big, the big bad dog? We all know who it is. It's Alabama. But then there's always that next question, like, who in the West is going to be up, competing up against Alabama? And it seemed to be this year the favorite preseason favorite is AM because everybody thinks that they could be second in the West. But right now, I mean, it's, it's only two weeks in, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. But, but the West has got a lot of, I mean, and, and right now you're sitting here two weeks and you're going like, okay, well, who can be number two in the West behind Alabama or not challenge? And there's two teams right now that came off – coming off of, a, you know, good starts, and that's Ole Miss and Arkansas. I mean, yeah. who would have thought Arkansas beat Texas? But they handled
0: Texas. Man, did they handle Texas. Yeah,
1: that was a good hard game for them.
0: That, that was another upset that we yeah. were looking at. Texas is back. Welcome to the SEC, oh, right?
1: It's, it's You know, it's it's every year. It's every year. Texas is back. <laughs> Texas is back. Texas is back. Man, I wish they had Cole McCoy back. But did they just – I don't know, Texas is kind of like the Dallas Cowboys or one of those teams that they're going to always be hyped up and hyped up. And I think a lot of people probably now on the college football scene, they're just saying, okay, if it happens, it happens. But I I mean, I got to wait and see for it to happen because here they are again, another non-conference loss. You got to wonder how good are they going to be in what might be their final year in the Big 12. Uh, you know, when, man, BTCU, what, three or four years? Right. So you got to wonder what's going to happen with Texas now.
0: Well, even looking at them this year, uh, you know, of course, ULL or Louisiana, whatever yeah. we want to call them now, they're a really good group of five team. They are. Top of the crop for a group of five. But at the same time, it's, it's a group of five team. They should have slaughtered them last week. Yeah. But they struggled with them all week. I mean, the, the whole game. And then you come this week and, you know, uh, the, the lowly part of the SEC West team, just housed you. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's right. Consider, consider uh, you know, who, who's going to be a debasement in the West, which is not a bad thing because so one year everybody in the West went to a bowl game. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's not a bad thing, but you go, yeah, that team is considered on the bottom of the Western side and they're just dominating you like that. And you're right about that, about, you know, uh, Texas starting off with uh, Louisiana Lafayette. Not, I think Louisiana Lafayette's got a great program over there. The coach is doing a great job, but. That's not the neighborhood Texas is in. Texas right. wants to be in. They want to be in that top-tier neighborhood, and they, uh, they're not there right now. Yeah. They're not even close. No, man. And yeah. look,
0: they're struggling with those Louisiana teams. You know I mean, a lot of people are struggling with those Louisiana teams. State last week, Mississippi State, struggled with, uh, yeah, with Louisiana, Louisiana Tech. Tech. Uh, Tulane almost come back with with the uh, the win over Oklahoma. Had the ball with a
1: chance to win in that game. Lost 40 to 35.
0: Man, I'm telling you, Tulane looks good. Yeah, that coach is doing a
1: phenomenal job there. I mean, he's he's come over there with that program. It's a hard offense to get ready for. And quarterback Pratt, he's he's a little more diverse. I mean, he can run that line, the, the misdirection they like to do. In the option, but he can throw the ball. Oh yeah, and, and, that, and that's that's the difference with the offense now since the coach took over.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, for a while they look kind of like a Gus on offense. Yeah, and but now they're really this guy. I think he, he he like you said he has an opportunity really just fling the ball, yeah. spread it out. He looks like a complete quarterback for them.
1: I, I agree with you, Mark. And you know, you, I, I think what might be a good segue because you brought his name up. Uh, no pun intended. I don't know if you did this on purpose or not, but. Gus Malzahn's name is what a lot of people in Baton Rouge are talking about that could be happening yeah. in Baton Rouge. Is this a situation going on in Baton Rouge now where it could come to fruition where a coach, after winning the last championship in two years, like Gus Malzahn did, uh, you know, playing for it with Gene Chiswick. Yeah. When Gene was the head coach, he was a part of that program, and you go back and look, are we seeing the same situation that took place in Auburn developing in Baton Rouge? Right. Because, you know, Gus obviously took over the job and came after Gene, but... Gene Chizik, two years removed from a national championship, was Both gone. gone. Was gone. And I mean, LSU, I, the biggest thing with them to me right now is I think the fan base is kind of question marking a little understanding the disappointment of the lines. Right. Just, they're just not getting that push up front and the defensive line. Yeah. And it's, it's a long season, but let me tell you, it it you Mississippi State wins this week and you get to go to Mississippi State, you know, it's tech first conference games looking at that, and you're on the road. That could be a game that's you know where's our season going after yeah, this one?
0: This is gonna be a tough schedule, especially when you look at it. Look how good Old Miss is. Mm-hmm. You got to play Auburn. I mean, I'm, you got to play Auburn, who looks. Of course, they have played FCS teams basically. Right. Uh, you look at Bama. You, you're gonna have to run through that. Bama. The way that UCLA ran through us, it's gonna be tough. Look at Arkansas, man. Oh, I know it. Arkansas looks like the real deal team right now, uh, and, and even Mississippi State. I mean, you saw what Mississippi State did to us last year mm-hmm. when we we're when the defense was in the array. When you go back to the LSU game last week against UCLA, the first three, the first three uh, drive, defensive uh, drives, we defense looked great. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they were exposed on that seventy or eighty yard touchdown from the tight end, where the linebackers were just confused and out of place. And the rest of the game, you could see not only a defensive line because you weren't getting a push. Now yesterday you saw kind of blitzes against right. McNeese, McNeese right. State, but you didn't see that against UCLA. Mm-mm. But what you did see was you saw the linebackers always out of position. You saw the safeties coming down too far and getting not being able to cover the back end, yeah. not to be there. And so th- these were the same right. issues that you had last year. You had two great corners, and uh, when of course you know Stingley is kind of playing down from what he was his, his freshman year. Sure. And then when you go go back and look, and, you know, like you and I were talking about, a lot of these message boards are blowing up the quarterback play. But you got great quarterbacks. But yeah, I don't.
1: I don't. LSU does not. How many? How many years? How many decades did we talk about? Yeah, oh, they got a quarterback problem. Yeah. That, I don't think LSU's got a quarterback no. problem right now. I really don't. And I don't think the future uh, holds anything to be bleak about because, you know, you've got some big recruits coming up. That's, LSU's probably going to land at the quarterback position. I, I don't think quarterback is their no. problem.
0: Well, and, and you could also look at it, too. There's a reason why the running game is putrid, man, yeah. because the offensive line is not getting pushed. They're no road graders. They're not giving the quarterback time to be able to stand back there and go through his progressions.
1: I had somebody ask me the other day, is, is the Emory kid that was ranked so high, is he still on the team? And, I mean, and, and, and a lot of people, you know, what, what happened to them, that's because you were so used to seeing some guys step up and LSU. Okay, who plugs their way in when you go back, when Coach Miles was there, but they don't have that right now. Yeah. I mean, they, they're not getting it, and it goes back to the line play. It, yeah, this could be, look, and I know how fans are, you know, they're not happy, you know, unless you're talking about getting rid of a coach. But the more you play like that, then the more they're going to talk like that.
0: All right, man. Well, look, you you know, you and I were talking about it a little while ago too. Some of the downfalls of Coach O right now, yeah, I love him. I, I thought he was a good hire, especially oh, for yeah. the time. And, and you, you hope, as an LSU fan, that it works out. But when you look at some of the downfalls, it's, it's been talked to talked about ad nauseum. Yeah. When you look at the, some of the hires that he made, without interviewing the guys, uh, Matt Canada, the offense coordinator last year, the defense coordinator last year, and Bo Pelini. Mm -hmm. It was just like, hey, he's a big name. Let's bring him down. But it didn't work.
1: Because Pelini was highly thought of in the program. He's a part of the national championship. Exactly right. And then, you know, when when you make those types of changes, uh, look, LSU is the team we're talking about, but you could put any team's name and and, and put the names in different places. But when you replace two coordinators, two other coaches that are there, and you come back and, and you don't get the turnover that you want, then what happens then? Okay, then you can question all right well well who goes now. Right. Do I get another coordinator? Now he did make a he did make a quick call on Canada, which was a good thing. He made a quick call on Pellini, which was a good thing. But now these guys here, the onus is on him with these two hires, because if it doesn't pan out this year, yeah. the people are gonna be frustrated. And you got a, a, a gung ho pro LSU athletic director that I think has got the cap is really excited. We saw what he did making that big move for Kim Mulkey on the basketball program. We got a new baseball coaching position. So it's it's a vibe on that campus to kind of clean up the image because, let's face it, LSU's had some bad press, uh, and nobody's doing but their own, and really not exactly about a sport, but what's been happening in that sports program. And you don't want that kind of talk, and you're not playing as good as going on at the same time. That's when things really start to build That's up. That's true, man. And, and look, and
0: to look on the opposite side, the, the, the positive side on – what could happen with this, with these coordinators that you have there. You, one thing you have to look at uh, on there, too, is that you still haven't had any time to, to get in cohesion with these guys. Absolutely. And you still have – we still have one of the youngest teams in the SEC. Mm-hmm. When you look at it, and you, this week in, in itself, playing against Mississippi State, you had about 15 players that would be starters that weren't playing, whether it was injury, whether it was uh, academic. You know, John Emery was one mm-hmm. that was academic, couldn't play. So you, you have these guys that – you, they're still trying to get it. So there could be a bright future to it. But you just hope that it's not like last year. Mm-mm, no.
1: And, you know, I, I'm going to liken this to what I see, uh, Mark, to when Coach O took over for less. Right after the Auburn game, LSU, you know, did, he comes on, bam. We're going with Coach O. He's the interim coach. LSU season that year would have been porous at the least had they not made that move. Yeah, They needed something new. If they can improve – in that like they did in that season, this season, that was a lot of improvement because if Oden do what he did, LSU went from being an afterthought you know at the Auburn game to like, oh who is me, where's our program? He got that team to improve to where that Alabama game in their prime time that year. That's when Hertz was a freshman. Uh, and you know they were right there with him to late in the fourth quarter. If they can improve this season and season like they did that year, I think you're going to see things turn around with all the young. then everything becomes a positive. But it's a, it's a it's a tough road to hoe ahead of them now. It,
0: it definitely is, man, and you know, it's a, it's going to be either a and very interesting season or a very long season. Oh yeah, yeah. And, so. and the
1: fans around here look they, they they want something to talk about. They'll talk about the coach. We know that for yeah.
0: sure. Absolutely. So, so you were taking a look at next week's matchups as well. I mean, it it is going to be a week of kind of like, just kind of like this week was. It was a little bit of a boring week for the SEC, but next week's going to be a little bit of a boring week. But you do have some big games.
1: Yeah, and you know, coaches say the the most improvement you make during the season is from week one to week two. We'll see what happens between week two and week three because on on the SEC slate, nothing real big. I mean, you got Florida hosting Alabama. That's a a big one right there. And then an interesting non-conference is uh, SEC at Big Ten. You got Auburn and uh, Happy Valley taking on Penn State. Outside of that, the program's... Uh, most of them are playing. I forget who's off this week, but it's, it's not big matchups. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, LSU, I know they're going to respect Central Michigan because that's not a pushover team that they're facing, and it's an opportunity for them to get better. But it's not not a big flashy week in the SEC this week uh, like it was, in, you know, the first week when you had all those big matchups. But I think this is an opportunity for, uh, you know, LSU, Ole Miss, Arkansas, all these teams in the West who can continue to get better and who is going to rise up? And even a and I mean, A&M's got to get better. What do you do? Because they got a game coming up in a few weeks against Alabama. So that's going to be something big that's going to take place. So it's about getting better. And LSU
0: really does need to get better. Yeah, absolutely they do. And it, look, like, like you said, a lot of the SEC teams that you were expecting to be good, they need to get better too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's
1: not just LSU. I mean, we, we're talking about them because, you know, it's, it's interesting. That's that's in our backyard. But it's, it's question mark somewhere. You know, would you rather be here in Baton Rouge with the situation you've got uh, would you rather be like Arkansas that's been struggling, but they got a coach they, they like over there now? And they, they feel good, but how good is Arkansas? So, you know, you pick one, have six one way, half a dozen of the next. I just think right now you got to let things play out. You better use caution and be bravado. But uh, like everybody else, everybody's got to pinpoint this is what's happening, this is what's wrong. But uh, I, I think that Mississippi State game in two weeks is going to tell us
0: a lot. It's going to tell us a lot. You, you know, we we're talking about the Central Michigan as well, because Missouri. Okay. Yeah, Missouri had a hard time against. Uh,
1: oh, that was my prayer app there. Bro. There you go, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know how they say you got to stay prayed up. there. That's right, man. Yeah. The, but, uh,
0: excuse that. Uh, pause there for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and back to what I was saying too. Like Central Michigan put Missouri on the ropes last week. Yep. So you don't know what what you're hoping that LSU can come out and really. Handle this team, and they usually play a lot of uh, Big
1: Ten teams, non-conference, so mm-hmm. they they played big programs before, and it's a, it's it's a chance for LSU to like, okay, what does our line do this week against them? Are we gonna get a push on on this team that's uh, you know several steps ahead of a McNeese that you're on a Division One level? Uh, are we gonna regress? They they need they need a good performance, and you hear Coach O say this and all the coaches. Well, it's not about them. It's about it's about LSU. He's right. They don't need to look anywhere but themselves right now because they don't need to worry about nobody but Central Michigan and about getting better. They, they gonna, all the big dogs are coming, trust me. They got yep. them on their schedule. That's life in the SEC. You will have your chance to play the big teams.
0: That's right, man. So, finishing up on this week, too, because you know we recapped this week in college football. Kind of gave a little bit of a, a, an outlook for next week. Anything you want to share about college football before we go?
1: Well, you know, Mark, I, I think uh, what was interesting, this, this was the 20th anniversary of 9-11, yes. and you saw all the stadiums uh, in, in every conference. Did a salute before the game. or did a salute at halftime. Had flyovers and special things. That was a very big theme. And I happen to be checking out, uh, you know, on Rage or Satellite Radio, you can catch games all over. And now with Ida coming through, really it doesn't, people don't have cable. So I'm catching Atlanta, CBS. I'm catching uh, <laughs> Birmingham, ABC, uh, California, Fox. And you get all these different games and matchups. But I happened to be listening to the Army-Western-Kentucky game. And it was an amazing stat I heard. Army for seven straight games now. This is seven straight games that on the opening possession of their opponent's offensive drive, they created a turnover. So, that's seven straight games on the first drive of the game. Their defense has created a turnover. I was like, that's got to be some kind of record or something. I just found that to be amazing because you know, you get a lot of tidbits about college football what's going on, what's the big storylines, that after that, 9 11, and then you know, the big Iowa, Iowa State game that was made a lot of because. Uh, ESPN game day was there. That's always a big deal. And then, you know, were they there? Because Fox and their big game day crew, well, not game day, but Fox day uh, was at Ohio State. So now you got those two competing. You know, right. they bring their all-star cast with Reggie Bush and Matt Liner and all those guys there and coach. And then it, it, it's gotten to be a network battle every week. And it's gotten to be like, uh, okay, big game, and where is the network coming? So that was a lot of hype around it too. But I, I think right now what you're looking at, uh, Mark, is just uh, kind of starting as usual. You know, you know, go back and look ten years ago. We've probably been saying the same thing about right. the like, same things, but just different stories, different teams. But it, it, it's it's got a shape to where, like I think now, uh, you know, the question mark I would have after two weeks: Who really is a top ten team? Right. Know, what what are the top ten teams out there? Because right now, I don't know who would be okay if you take Notre Dame out the top ten, you take a And M out the top ten. Who do you put in there? Right. Do you put Iowa? Okay, yeah, I put Iowa. Do I put Penn State? Yeah, I put Penn State in there. But after that, who goes in there? Is, is Florida a top 10 team? We don't know. We might find out this week. So, you know, who really are top 10 teams is probably the question mark. I think we all know who number one is. I think some people consensus that Georgia would be probably number two. Right. Uh, but, you know, after that, you know, who are really the rest of the top 10 teams? So it's it's a big, it's a crapshoot.
0: Right. you hard-pressed to put Clemson there still after the yeah, loss. That's right. You're hard-pressed you to know. put Oklahoma after their two-lane game. Yeah. You're hard-pressed to put Ohio State, Oregon, mm-hmm. even even Oregon, or and m It's hard-pressed to be able to put these teams and justify that nope. they deserve that ranking. But then again, like you said, who are you going to put there? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it, you still have that question. It's just like the same question we run into all the time when it's changing coaches. All right, well, who are we going to go? Right. <laughs> who are we going to go exactly.
1: with? That's right. If you get rid of this guy, who are you going to go with? You're right. But no, Mark, it's, it's good to talk college football. Man. I think yeah, it's, it's, it's the greatest sport out there. I enjoy college football as much as I do anything. That and the NBA are probably my two things I enjoy the most. But it's just some of our college football. And I think it's got to be with the fans and the bands. It's, and, you it's, know, it, yeah, it's, it's the closest thing I think fans feel to what they experienced when they were in high school. Right. You know, you, you got the band there playing. You got people that are involved. You tailgate. You do all that. And it's gotten to be a, a big deal everywhere. I mean, how many games do you see now on TV? I didn't even know Georgetown had a football team. Right. I was looking at a Georgetown game yesterday on TV. Well, Georgetown's got a football team? <laughs> I didn't even know this, but it just goes to show you. In the 90s, you might have had 20 games on college TV. Now you got hundreds of games that are on all the time from all divisions. Yes, yeah, all division two game on the other day.
0: So it it's big time. College football is bigger now than it ever has. Been. Oh, man, you get a chance to watch uh, Southeastern play. Yeah. man, yes. it, it, It's huge. I mean, ESPN Plus is playing threes and ESPN the Ocho, whatever it is. Right. You're going to get to watch any football team you want to watch. Just
1: about any game out there now. And they, they've really done a good job more The networks have, even these smaller tier of picking up the FCS games. i yes. see more FCS games out there. And you know now with the uh, NILs, we're talking about it. There's so many things to talk about. And now with the bigger faction of betting now becoming more prominent, you know, you go to the book and you win your ticket that day. And now they even got lines. I I, I bet on the Jackson State and, and, and Tennessee State game. Deion Sanders' team gave Eddie George's team two and a half points. I'm like, got well, a sucker bet, Give me Jackson <laughs> State. And <laughs> they wind up rolling them out. So they put lines on every game out there. Right. So I mean, it just everybody's paying attention to it. And it's just not die-hard college football fans. You got a big section of, of men that don't really pay attention to it. They want to get involved in betting. And there's a lot of ladies out there that bet too. Yeah. And I think that adds another element to it and along with fantasy. Everybody's involved in some kind of way. I just think college is, is, is the route I like to enjoy the most. Oh
0: man, it's just so much more fun. Yeah. It's it's kind of like uh, I had somebody that I worked with before we won tickets to the LSU game, mm-hmm. and she was like, hey, I don't, I don't really want to go. I'm not an LSU fan. I'm like, listen, you have to go. Yeah,
1: it ain't about it. if you're a fan or right. not. You, you want to go to experience I, I'd
0: ex- I explained to her too. I said, listen, when you go, if you're not a fan, you become a fan. If right. you're already a little bit of a fan, you become a rabbit fan. Man, well, it's just something I, I, about the I experience. I couldn't
1: agree with you more. And I, I've done that. I've been fortunate enough. I had some uh, good folks brought me to Tuscaloosa several times. I've had some people. I've gone to uh, Oxford for a few times. I've been to Scott Field, Davis Way Stadium in Stark Vegas. And it's just like every team has got a tradition. Every team does a certain cheer. They got their famous walk, you know, Alabama, the Tiger Walk, the Bulldog Walk, in Georgia. Everybody's got that. You come and respect it. Because, you know, you might not have to like it because you got your favorite team, but you do respect it because your school's got the same thing, too. Right. And I think that's, that's what's really the exciting part about it. So if you got a chance to go, man, go. It don't have nothing to do. You don't even have to care about football. Right. Just you're going to go and just see people having a good time. And, and especially now, you know, after uh, what we deal with COVID, you know, people are finally getting out now. Yeah. So that's, that's another that's big right. thing, too. So so man,
0: I'm, you also have the other aspect, too, like especially at LSU, uh, the tailgating there. You don't. You don't even have to be for that team. You can be the uh, opposing team. They're gonna feed you. They're gonna feed you. They're gonna yes give you whatever indeed. you want to drink. You're gonna get whatever you get. And then they're
1: gonna beat the hell out of you, and then they'll feed you after the game yes, too. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, good.
0: Well, look, it's been a whole huge blast for me having Deke man, with me. Man, look, we're
1: gonna do this more often. Mark. That's we're right, gonna do man. It together. You, you've been teaching me. Like I said, I'm, I'm new to this podcast and stuff. I'm, I'm gonna get up, and going, and rolling, and I'll be on YouTube with everything with your help. But no, man, we're gonna keep this thing rolling. We gotta do. We got sidetracked with the storm, but we got to do, a, I don't know, we'll shoot for a few weeks so we'll figure out something else to talk about. We might yeah. like talk about somebody's mama or a fried chicken sandwich or something. But we're <laughs> going to talk about something I man, I promise you that.
0: That's right, that's what I'm talking about. Look, hey, make sure you keep a watch out for Deke's show. We're going to be putting it out pretty soon. Uh, Deke's getting on it, jumping on it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Deke knows his stuff. Those of you have, are from South Louisiana, you know Deke. You know him from sports radio. He knows his stuff and listen, he knows his betting lines as well. Hey, keep your eye out if you're a better. And, uh, or even if you're just betting for fun, also, don't forget to go check out my buddy, uh, Tommy Krizan talking sports with TK. Check out his podcast. You know, he's always, he's, he pumped out so many of them this past week. I was, I was really kind of jealous because I was like, man, I don't have the service to do it, but Tommy's just popping them out, left and right. And uh big props to you, Tommy. Thanks again for all your help. And, uh, again, before I go, don't forget, you're always going to see my link on Facebook. I'm going to throw something on Instagram go to Spotify, follow me there, Uh, go to anchor.fm or or the Anchor app. I'm always there. And until next week, our next show, look out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the shares. And as well, I'm probably going to pop out another one later on today. So be be looking out for it. See y'all next time.